Hey there, Happy New Year! If you are listening to this, congrats, you made it through to 2021. For many people, the start of the new year brings New Year's resolutions. But did you know that depending on what study you reference, between 82 and 91% of New Year's resolutions are unsuccessful? Well, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, has five reasons why those resolutions don't work and tells us why we should focus not on resolutions, but on creating better, more positive habits to initiate change. I discuss all of it in today's episode, as well as how his book has changed not only my work as a choir director, but my life at home as well. Let's get into it. Here we go. And hello everyone, welcome to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. I am your host, Matt Walker. Happy New Year to you! I hope that you had a restful break, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the year. 2021. Super excited to get this new year started and to share today's episode of the podcast with you. As I mentioned in the intro, today we are talking about creating better, more positive habits to initiate change in our work as choir directors as well as our lives at home. And I talked a little bit about New Year's resolutions, how for most people they are very unsuccessful because people just don't stick with them. And I personally, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but I have the past few years, each new year, tried to start by getting myself in better shape. I know this is a a very common New Year's resolution for a lot of people. Uh, But like most people, after a couple of months, I kind of, uh, as they say, fall off the wagon. And, you know, show choir season hits in the winter months. And with all of the rehearsals and weekend commitments, my workouts are usually the one thing that falls by the wayside. And, you know, then once we get to summer, I would try to pick it up again, but the summer always gets busy with family activities and other things. And before you know it, it's time to start planning for the new school year and things get super busy again. And it's just been kind of a revolving door. Well, this year I actually started working out in the fall and I'm happy to say, knock on wood, that I've stuck with it so far. And the main reason for that, I think, is that I've tried to apply many of the concepts that James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits. It's a fantastic book, and if you're interested in checking it out, you can find a link for it on my Choir Director recommended reading list, which you can find at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash reading list. Now, related to his book, James Clear talks about the five common mistakes that cause resolutions to fail and why we should focus instead on creating, as he calls them, atomic habits. So today I want to share with you those five reasons in case you are the type of person who does the New Year's resolution thing and also talk about how this book has changed both my work as a choir director as well as my life at home. And I'll do that sort of with some of the takeaways, uh, the big takeaways uh, for me from his book. Hopefully you can use some of these ideas in today's episode to initiate true positive change in your life in 2021. So here we go from James Clear, 
five common mistakes that cause New Year's resolutions to fail. Problem number one, trying to change everything at once. And his solution to this problem is pick one thing and do it well. Now, the general consensus amongst those that do research in behavior and change is that you should focus on changing a very small number of habits at the same time. And so I know for myself, I see sort of the big picture and you want to get to that main goal. And so often there are multiple things that you need to do in order to get to that goal. But his suggestion and what's coming from the researchers in the field is that you need to do, again, one at a time. And along with that, just doing one thing at a time and doing it very well, you also need to make sure that that one thing is tiny. So creating a tiny habit. And that's why he calls his book Atomic Habits, right? If you think of an atom, it's incredibly small. But when you start to put all of these atoms together, it creates one large thing, right? And so in the same vein, creating a tiny habit, and then you start to stack those tiny habits on top of one another, and eventually you can create and initiate great change. Problem number two, starting with a habit that is too big. And the quote from his book is also the solution to this problem. Make it so easy you can't say no. And I really that quote really struck me because, you know, oftentimes, sometimes we're creating habits. It's not maybe necessarily something that we want to do, like exercise, right? But if you just make it so easy, you can't possibly say no, that's often enough to get you over the hump. So he has some examples. So say you want to do 50 push-ups per day, then you start with something easy like five or 10, right? It's like, oh, you know, 50 seems kind of daunting, but oh my goodness, you know, push-ups are hard, but I can do five, yeah? Uh, Wanting to read more books. You know, that's something that I've uh, been really wanting to do. I read a couple of books over break and I really want to read more. Well, instead of, you know, taking that 500 book and making it that huge, uh, that huge goal, start by reading two pages every night. Um, maybe, you know, self-care after 2020 has become more important to you. You're thinking about maybe starting some meditation. Well, you know, don't think you have to start with an hour-long session. Meditate for one minute each morning. And then after a few weeks, you move that up to two minutes and moving it up to three minutes. So tiny habits, small habits that you can build upon, right? And really, by doing that, you're making it a sort of a very non-threatening thing. Just make it so easy. It's just, oh, that's so easy. How could I possibly say no to that? Problem number three, seeking a result and not a ritual. All right? And so his solution to this is focus on the behavior, not the outcome. Now, as choir directors, I think this is somewhat easy for us to wrap our heads around, right? Because if you think about performances and thinking that result, and 
how, you know, we're really trying not to focus on that result, but we are trying to focus on the process, right? The learning process. And if you really invest in that process, then the result at the end is going to turn out really well. Like it's going to turn out how you want it, or at least close to how you want it, right? And so in this wording of this problem, rather than process, he's saying ritual. And that's part of creating these positive habits. But really, again, it gets down to his solution, focusing on the behavior or the ritual or in maybe in our world, the process and not necessarily the outcome. And so his examples when it comes to resolutions and the goals, you know, often people say, well, how much weight do you want to lose or how much money do you want to save? You know, I use the reading example. How many books do you want to read? And so instead of, yes, you know, we're going to have that end goal in mind, sure, but we don't want the majority of our focus to, to go to that. We want the majority of our focus to go, as he says, to the ritual or to the process and focusing on that brick by brick, you know, building these habits brick by brick and focusing on that ritual. I like that idea of ritual because it's something that's repeated, right? Problem number four, not changing your environment. And I think for 2020, uh, with, you know, the whole thing with hybrid learning and online learning, this was a big one for me. And it continues to be a big one for my students. His solution, building an environment that promotes good habits. Okay. And some of his examples, it's nearly impossible to heat eat healthy all the time if you are constantly surrounded by unhealthy food, right? Along with my getting in shape, you know, I'm trying to eat better. And, you know, if if my family love them and, you know, they're trying to do something nice, if they go and they buy, you know, a dozen Dunkin' Donuts and they're on the table when I come down in the morning, chances are I'm going to eat one of those donuts, whether I should or not, right? And so that really gets to the idea of environment. What can we do to promote that positive environment? And sometimes it's getting rid of some of those negative things in in our environment, right? Uh, you know, talking about our workplace, you know, it's nearly impossible to remain positive all the time if you're constantly surrounded by negative people. I had a teacher very early on in my career. He's like, one of my cardinal rules is don't ever go eat lunch in the teacher's lounge. I was like, why is that? Well, it's because it is just full of negativity and it's going to bring you down and you just don't want that um, as part of your uh, part of your uh, your perspective, a part of your mindset, and you know, I thought maybe he was exaggerating. And so, my first position, you know, I started off the first few weeks of of my year going and eating in the teachers' lounge, and you know what? He was exactly right. So again, it was the environment. Um, our workplace environment, you know, just coming into to school every day or starting your day at home, you know, if you're still doing that, you know, and checking email and things like that. Um, you know, is your environment set up to be productive and to focus on the things that really matter in your everyday work? 
Or are there things maybe that you are doing that sort of enable that sense of busyness and overwhelm, right? And so he's talking about all of these different types of things, really taking a hard look at your environment and really being honest and saying, okay, what in my environment is promoting good habits. Okay. So that is number four. Problem number five, assuming small changes don't add up. And so his solution, get 1% better each day. Now, I think going back to my example of, you know, trying to get in, in better shape in previous years, you know, any of you that have done this, you know, um, it's not an immediate transformation. You know, I want to lose 15 pounds. Well, it, it's not going to happen overnight, right? And so sometimes that can get very frustrating um, because you don't see that immediate transformation. Um, and, you know, you work out day after day after day and just like, man, I just don't see the change that I want to see. It's just so very small. You know, how am I ever going to get there? Those types of things. And I'm sure you can take this idea and apply it to uh, your work as a choir director as well. You know, and working with your ensembles, like, ah, they're just not making the progress on this piece that I would like them to. You know, it's just not working quickly enough. They need to get here and they're not there, right? focusing on those small changes. And as he says, get 1% better each day. You know, for a long time in my choir room, I had uh, up a couple of posters, you know, getting to the idea of, you know, not comparing ourselves to others, but comparing yourself to your previous self, to yesterday's self. Are you better today than you were yesterday? And I think that really gets into this idea of, getting 1% better each and every day. So it really doesn't matter, you know, what the goal is. You know, we've talked about saving money or reading books or, as I have said, you know, losing those last 10, 15, 20 pounds. Really investing and having faith that those small changes, those small achievements, when you start to stack those on top of each other, they really are going to make a big difference. And it's not going to happen overnight. Just like in our teaching with our ensembles, change does not happen overnight. If you coming into, especially those of you coming into a new position or you're trying new things in this hybrid teaching, this online teaching, it's it's not. It's not going to happen overnight. But really focus on those small improvements and rejoice and celebrate those small improvements, those achievements, and celebrate them with your students. Have them celebrate them as well because they're the same way. They want that instant gratification as well. But really celebrating these small achievements and, you know, communicating with them. Hey, we're all in this together. And if we can get better 1% every single day, by the end of the year, it's going to be a dramatic improvement if we can just invest in that process, right? So as James Clear says, build the behavior first. Build these processes, these rituals, these atomic habits first, and then you're going to get those results 
uh, in the end. Or certainly, your results are going to be a lot better than what they would have if you wouldn't have invested in that process. So those are his his five reasons why those resolutions really uh, often are unsuccessful. And so diving deeper into his book, Atomic Habits, Clear explains much of the science and the research behind creating good habits and breaking bad ones. And you might be thinking now, well, how do I how do I do this? How do I really go about the process of creating uh, these atomic habits. And so thankfully, he explains all of this uh, in a clear, concise manner, uh, his process and a lot of the research, so you don't have to get bogged down with lots of scientific jargon. But after reading about his research and the years of studying habits, it will become very clear uh, that that's, this guy really knows what he's talking about. So for me, here are five quick takeaways from the book that I personally have found extremely helpful. These are ideas, concepts that directly relate to both our personal and professional lives as choir directors. I know I learned a lot from this book, and hopefully these ideas get you brainstorming about new habits that you want to create in 2021. So takeaway number one is getting into the nuts and bolts of creating these uh, these better atomic habits to initiate greater change. He boils the creation of building better habits into four simple steps. So every habit needs to have these four steps involved. Number one, make it obvious. Two, make it attractive. Three, make it easy. And four, make it satisfying. And you know, he goes through each one of these steps in great detail in his book, giving the reasoning behind each step and the practical ways of how you can apply them to your everyday life. And, you know, these steps are easier said than done. I get that. But in reality, they are pretty simple. And if you just really look at them at face value, making it obvious, making it attractive, you know, making it easy and making it satisfying. We're trying to take all of the obstacles out of the equation, or at least as many of those obstacles as we can, right? And just, you know, as I said previously, make it so easy and just so obvious that you just couldn't possibly say no in the beginning, right? And so that taking that tiny habit and then once we get into uh, that habit and making it consistent, then we start to build on that, yeah? Takeaway number two, write down the good habits you want to create and be specific. The what, the when, and the how. Now, Clear says that actually writing out the goals you want to create is one of the first steps in holding yourself accountable. Clearly defining the habit you want to create is going to make it much more likely that you will be successful. And we are used to this as teachers. You know, we're writing out learning goals and you know objectives for our students, the what, the when, and the how, and just being very specific with those, yeah? So making them very detailed, what we want our students to do, and then how we are specifically going to measure those. This is the same thing, yeah? And writing it down, I think, has great power. It has, it's had great power for me um, as to just really sort of 
solidifying what those goals, what those habits are. Um, and in some strange way, writing it down really helps me to uh, hold myself accountable. Takeaway number three, stop procrastinating. Ooh, that's a big one, right? I'm a huge procrastinator. Stop procrastinating by using the two-minute rule. That's what he calls it. When you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. Now, James Clear states that most people can do almost anything for two minutes, right? I don't know. Well, maybe push-ups for two minutes. I might not make it quite to (laughs) to two minutes. Have that certain something that you dread doing. Start off by just doing it for two minutes a day. Build your confidence by being successful with that two minutes, and then you can start to increase the length of the habit. And again, it's making it so obvious, so easy that you couldn't possibly say no. This rule really helped me sort of... um, Uh, make it specific. Yeah, that idea of making it so easy. Well, how easy does it have to be? Oh, two minutes. Can you do it in two minutes? There you go. It should take less than two minutes to do. All right. And then once again, once you get into that habit, you've created that habit, then you can start to build on it, making it three, making it five. Yeah, I started working out. Okay, man, I want to be able to work out for 45 minutes. Yeah, well, gosh, I haven't done this for months. That's not going to happen. But I can work out for 10, you know, started off with 10. And then that got to the point, oh, that's getting pretty easy. Maybe I can take that to 15. Yeah. And then make I can make that to 20. Yeah. Same type of type of idea. Yeah. Start though with that tiny habit. And how, how tiny? Two minutes. Takeaway number four, I love this one as well. The Goldilocks rule, right? Humans experience peak motivation when working on tasks that are right on the edge of their current abilities. And I think for choir directors, this is none more obvious than when we are working with a piece of repertoire with our singers, right? And go back to the Goldilocks and the porridge, right? You know, the first one's too hot, the first one's too cold, the third one's just right. Well, talking about working on a piece of music with our singers, well, the first one, a little bit too difficult, the second one, probably too easy, the third one, just right, right? Or it's just enough to push them, to challenge them, but it's not so difficult that it's going to be uh, overwhelming to them and they're going to uh, sort of uh, shut down and quit. But it's also not so easy that they're going to get bored and not be engaged and not really um, improve their skills by doing it, right? And so this is a perfect uh, example of that. So taking that and applying that to our, our, whether it's our personal lives or just our productivity every single day, right? Making things so, yes, it's going to push us to be better. Hey, maybe that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? Pushing us to be better, but also it's not such a huge obstacle where we're just going to say, oh, there's no way I can, uh, I can get there, right? It's a great Great takeaway uh, for me was the Goldilocks rule. Now, last but not least, takeaway number five, reflection and review is a process that allows you to remain conscious of your performance over time. 
time. And I've talked a bit about this before previously, how reflection is so important for us as choir directors in our personal lives for our students and for our singers, right? Um, you know, in the past, I have regularly recorded portions of our rehearsals, and then I would uh, have my singers listen to those recordings, and then they would have to fill out an evaluation. You know, not only is that serving as an assessment for me, where they uh, are having to analyze and uh, be able to discuss um, and, you know, using music vocabulary um evaluating those own performances, but that's also going to help me inform um, future rehearsals, right? That's going to help me plan future rehearsals because I get a better idea of where they're at, what they're thinking, and what I can do to help them moving forward. And so that's the same thing in these habits, you know, constantly reflecting and reviewing. And do I need to change course on this? Or is this something where, no, I just need to toughen up and stay the course. That's me with my my, uh, workout routines. Yeah, no, I just need to toughen up and stay the course. And, you know, getting back to, for me, it's about environment and reflecting and reviewing. How can I change my environment to to be more productive um, and initiate greater change? How can I change the environment for my singers, you know, to allow them to do that as well? So those are my takeaways, friends, from Atomic Habits. And now I'd like to hear from you. What habits are you looking at starting in the year 2021? What changes are you excited about making? And what ideas in today's episode did you find most helpful? Send me an email to matt at choirdirectorcorner.com. Again, that's simply M-A-T-T at choirdirectorcorner.com. And let me know. I look forward to hearing about what atomic habits you intend to create in 2021. And if you're interested in checking out James Clear's book, you can find a link for it again on my choir director recommended reading list, which is at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash reading list. Well, that's it for today's episode, my friends. Again, a happy new year to you. I hope that 2021 is a year filled with positivity and new opportunities for you. Thanks so much for listening today, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. Don't forget to check us out over on Facebook at www.choirdirectorcornergroup.com.